The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And good Thursday morning and welcome to another edition of Analyze This here on your NPR station in the U.S. Virgin Islands, WTJX FM, yours truly, Neville James. It's a gorgeous day in paradise outside. I was uh, driving up here and... Um, I look down, see 82 degrees, and trees green. So uh, we're going to have a great Thursday uh, here on uh, your NPR station. Don't forget, right? I want to make sure I uh, say this off the top. Don't forget to stay on top of the local news seen by tuning into the WTJX news feed with Marcelina Ventura Douglas at 5 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking wellness, uh, and then we're also going to have a, a November 2023 edition of Norris to Flores uh, with the chef, uh, Julius Jackson, calling in uh, from uh, St. Thomas. But uh, to start the show, we're going to talk wellness. Uh, we got some good people here uh, in uh, the studio. I'm going to uh, allow them to introduce themselves uh, starting with the lady, and then working my way to the young man over here uh, to my right. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Get a little closer to the microphone. And good morning. There you go. I'm Leslie Webb. I'm the victim advocate for the Virgin Islands Police Department, St. Croix District. There we go. Morning. Greetings. I am Lori Christian, and I am here on behalf of Caribbean Volunteer Services. Good morning. My, my name is Tariq McMillan. I am the co-owner of Greater Changes, a behavioral health and wellness agency in the Virgin Islands. Greater Changes. Okay, now Tariq. Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, second time around, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ms. Christian, how are you? I am great. Yeah, closer to the microphone. Okay, trying to... Yeah, yeah. Are we good? Uh, I'll just hold Jamal, it. Jamal, uh, we'll get an engineer to come in. Okay. Uh, I'll sit you with the... Um, a little bit because for some reason something they, dropped off yeah, yeah we got to we got to fix that uh, the, uh, before we uh, while you do that Miss um, Webb how's the police department police department is uh, functioning well we're doing well we have new people uh, coming into the cadet soon so we're going to have more boots on the ground soon okay um, you said a victim advocate yes sir okay do you find that for those who may not know 
what your role is. Let's look it up. The victim advocate for the Virgin Isles Police Department um, can respond to the scene of a crime and start assisting the victims or the families of victims as early as when they're first victimized. And then we're held, um, we, we are able to assist them all the way through the court date and hold their head, let them know what's happening next. That's what the whole thing is. Let, when you're in the middle of a, a forest, sometimes you can't see the trees. And that's what my job is, to explain what goes on and what is going on and what to expect next. Okay. And uh, from a staffing standpoint, your your division is where it should be or you're still looking for more? Um, I am the only one and have been the only one for the last... 15 years. I'm the first and the only one. Under on, on perfect, on perfect circumstances? Two, what, what maybe three. Two, maybe three? Two, maybe three. Okay. Because right now I'm on 24 hours, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Wow. But I love my job because I'm able to help people when they need it the most. Okay, good. If you could slide that microphone over so we could let me uh, emergency management systems uh, introduce yourself to me. Come to the studio. Good morning, Jack. Jackie. Good morning to the listening audience out there. And I'm here today to be part of this group. Mm-hmm. And I represent... Tell, tell, the people, tell the people your name and all that stuff. I am Miss Jacqueline greenwich Payne, And I serve in many, many, many capacity. I'm a community leader, but I'm a community activist. And so right now my current role is... I'm the director of the state office of EMS. I serve as the project director for the emergency medical services for children. I also administrate the mobile integrated healthcare community paramedicine program and I also do training. I love my community and I'm here to see how we can work together to help a community. Our motto in our state office is saving a community one person at a time. Thank you. There you go. That's how Ms. Jackie Greenwich uh, joining us. Ms. Christian, Ms. Christian, you were saying uh, <clears throat> we are going through a a very precarious time now here uh, in the Virgin Islands as relates to um, not just mental illness, but um, awareness, right? Yes. Where um, the the most extreme action uh, is being considered on a more frequent basis um, than it has ever been before. Yes. Uh, what's it like <clears throat> knowing that um, what was maybe a once a year, once every other year type of uh, behavior is now way more frequent than it used to be. Mm, I think the pressures throughout the community, throughout the world are uh, mounting, just increasing all the time. So not just here in the VI, but worldwide. And uh, we are seeing, uh, I think now, the the impact of all of those stressors um, on our lives. Here in the VI, we've dealt with um, so many um, stressors. I will go back as far as uh, Hugo. Right. So we look at uh, quote unquote hurricane season, um, hurric- um, what was it? Um, Hugo, Maryland, uh, most recently we'll say Irma Maria, 
COVID, and we can just go on and on and on. The um, constant exposure to um, uh, media, right? Um, just the the um, the I'll call it the meisms. So you know the selfies, and um, just the comparison, comparing yourself to or individuals comparing themselves to others. Um, I need to be better than. And so all of that is just an ever-mounting, ongoing stressor. We won't even talk about the economy. And so uh, we're seeing the impact of that. And, you know, as I said, not just here in the VI, but um, everywhere. Uh, Tariq, you were here a couple of months ago, I think it was in August, was it August or August, September. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you were... Uh, <laughs> I'll make sure I say this correctly. You were literally warning us that um, suicide, which is the, the most extreme uh, action uh, that one can take uh, under uh, immense pressure, uh, is more prevalent and real than we think it is. And I believe that same week, we actually had an incident uh, later on uh, that, that we can, you know... I'm a little bit concerned because I don't know if there's the appreciation for for data as to why these incidents continue to happen. Uh, what's your take on, on on our needing to study this a little bit more, if not a lot more? Yeah, I mean, there, there's always a increased need for us to collect the data to understand like what's going on. Um, when you look at the risk factors, the individual risk factors, the societal risk factors, the community risk factors, um, we, we kind of have all of them like, in, in this one small space. And, and this isn't exclusive to, to the Virgin Islands. It's definitely happening all over the world. Um, but when you consider the rates of violence, the rates of poverty, the rates of, and I, I say violence, but also the domestic violence, community violence, um, when you look at not having food security, unaffordable housing, like we have all the things that, that lead some that lead people that are risk factors to, to saying, well, I, I don't think it's worth living anymore, um, and I, I I don't think that I think that we need to do better. We think anything we need to do better. Well, Laurie spoke about the stresses, though. Um, um, you know, everybody knows about the big events, hurricanes and, and the pandemic. And all that, but you know, there are other little things that we tend to take for granted that uh, some people just don't handle well um, compared to others. Yeah, and 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 largely, I think when we look at like the, it's hard to say like small stressors versus big stressors. Um, I think as human beings, we experience things over a period of time, mm -hmm. and then they accumulate, and it, it gets to a point where if we don't have the resources to express ourselves if we don't if we don't live in a community where it's safe to express ourselves it's it's not going to bring um stigma or any mocking or you lose the social capital that you have when you don't appear to be as quote unquote strong enough to be able to manage all these stressors like like th those are, are are all the things that, that lead that lead into somebody wanting to end their life so now we have the proverbial, the straw that broke the camel's back. Mm -hmm. It was that, what looked like a small thing, but people don't realize over a period of time because we don't know what goes on behind closed doors. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
and a lot of times there's the facade of I have to you know present um, a particular way so um, because of stigma we don't um, share certain things and then you, you combine that with not having enough mental health professionals or people just knowledgeable on the topic to be able to help and we are where we are now um, as well, from a resources standpoint, um, what's the biggest needs in the Virgin Islands Police Department to, to address uh, or to actually provide the support that you are, you play a critical role in uh, when those are dealing with shock and trauma uh, are being victimized? I find we need everything. There have been a number of times I've called on Ms. Christian because the officers call me and say we have somebody that is talking suicide i'm at the case now i need some help and then when we do assist them there's no place to take them mm -hmm. and then there's nobody here to take care of them or to to treat them so we need re all those types of resources um before i get to Ms. Grange, i want to ask uh Ms. christian uh this question uh a couple of years ago you launched the we remember campaign yes how, how, how did that pan out so September is suicide, uh, oh my gosh. Prevention month. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And I uh, felt that it was important for us to just know that we are um, providing support um, for family members, friends who have lost loved ones um, to suicide. And uh, we did not run the campaign last year, but the first year uh, that we did it, we featured Leo King. And um, his mother has been uh, extremely vocal um, about her, uh, about that loss. And she has been championing um, throughout the community um, the uh, impact of suicide and suicide prevention uh, throughout the community. And then the following year, oh wow, we had uh, three people uh, featured. And uh, we featured, oh my gosh, I wanna say with uh, Yvonne Galibert, uh, Leo King once again and Freddie Perez mm -hmm. and um, various members of the community um, of course you know we know they were from St. Croix lived on St. Croix uh, the next time we do the run the campaign I definitely want to involve the St. Thomas uh, district um, with that effort but I just it went really really well it went really really well and I think it's just important for us to remember and you launched this in, in, in the COVID, the COVID year, 2020? Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID? Just, just pre-COVID. And then we, we had a second year, I think it was during COVID. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been doing this now for a minute. <laughs> for a minute. I actually entered, um, because people, you know, are curious about how I got into suicide prevention, because I do, of course, other things. Mm -hmm. But I was trained many, many years ago um, as a... Um, a hotline counselor through a program that Lutheran Social Services um, was running. And that, along with many other hats, um, eventually I ended up um, being the director of the program for Lutheran Social Services when they reinstated it many years later. Uh, funding uh, became an issue, as um, happens, and so that program uh, was discontinued. But I have not 
I just wanted to do more than a one and done. So that's how Caribbean Volunteer Services came to be. So mm-hmm. okay. we are a 501c3, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a major designation. And so I've been moving slowly and steadily in the space. Suicide prevention awareness and training is one of the areas um, I, I, I'm focused on. We're focused on as, uh, as an entity, CBS, and we are here today, I've worked with Tariq, I've worked with Ms. Greenwich, I've worked um, with VIPD, and so we are a continuum. And so we know that we have um, gaps, and so my focus is on increasing capacity. Mrs. Uh, Greenwich Pain, you know, having uh, worked with you um, while I was a, a member of the legislation, I, you, you kept on reminding us of the, the, the trauma that the employee, the employees of the agency that you work with, uh, deal with the, the hazards, and uh, that you know, tends to be taken for granted, you know, because that could wear on folks like yourself and, and who you work with. Yeah, and um, I'm really glad. To Get closer to the microphone. Now. Go ahead. Sorry about that. I'm really happy to be part of this um, coalition because many people sitting in this room today has helped EMS. EMS is the front line. And one of the things that I want to thank God for is my training and my knowledge because during COVID, there was a grant and they were able to do counseling every week Mm -hmm. for the EMTs and helping to maintain um, resiliency and allowing them to express themselves. But what many people don't know what we do in EMS is that within our quality assurance and improvement, um, after every code, and especially every pediatric code, we have to debrief the Mm -hmm. staff. Mm -hmm. And I want to thank the Department of Health, especially Ms. Um, Annette Scott, Ms. Um, Roback, Marian um, Roback, um, Dr. Owens, because when you call them, when they're still out in the field and the scene, by the time the team gets back in the office, they're there to counsel them. And let me, let me, let's, let me take a break and we can pick, pick up right where you left off there. Um, we've got... Uh, Ms. Jackie Greenwich, we've got Ms. Uh, Leslie Webb Keith, Ms. Laurie Christian, and uh, Terry McMillan joining us here in the studio this morning talking about wellness uh, in general. We'll take a break and be back right after this. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culchaman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. 
Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Park lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. here uh, on Analyze This and uh, we're talking with um, a group of um, I guess caretakers you know, looking out for man and woman here in the Virgin Islands you know, dealing with uh, with trauma uh, something wellness you know, whichever term uh, is applicable uh, starting to my uh, immediate left, we got um, Ms. Uh, Jacqueline Greenwich Payne We've got uh, Miss uh, Leslie Webb. Uh, we've got uh, Miss Laurie Christian and Mr. Uh, Tariq uh, McMillan. You were thanking the Department of Health, uh, Miss Greenwich, uh, the, the the key players who uh, are there to provide support for the the frontline uh, emergency personnel. Yes, um, I was, and one of the things we did when. Um the past commissioner, um, Vivian Flood, was there is to create a critical incident stress debriefing program for um, the EMTs. And I do hope that that would carry over to VIFEMS and that they would do that for their staff because we have to monitor them and look at them and their behaviors and the change in their pattern so that we can help them because what we don't realize is that when a responder is affected, their whole family is affected, the whole household is affected. And I could tell you every day, we go out in the community through this mobile integrated healthcare um, program. And I wanna thank the legislature for just passing that bill 
because we're seeing people out there. Guys, I wish you all could go out with me on a daily basis. There's a lot of people in this community that needs help. You know, they got to decide, can I buy my medication? Like Terry was saying, you know, do I buy food? Do I have to put shelter over my head? And all of these are things that would increase stress. And I'm telling you guys, when you're stressed, you can't sleep. That brain keeps just, I mean, you jump out to sleep. Your, your brain just keeps going and going and going and going. And so at the end, you know, you feel helpless. And so we want to come together as a team, reach out. And we're here today so that everybody out there in the listening audience that want to come on board and have some ideas and how we can expand what Laurie have started to reach out there so we can help someone, each one reach one, each one teach one, each one help one. And I'm telling you, this thing is very passionate to my heart. And I want to make sure that we can save the lives of the people in this territory. <clears throat> Ms. Webb, you're a one-woman gang there at uh, the police department, you said? In this district, I have a counterpart in St. Thomas, okay. Ms. Desiree Lambertus. Okay, okay, okay. Um, the woman, them, taking care of the man, them, as per the norm. We run things. <laughs> that's how it is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just, just, you know, just a little after that. Uh, but it's serious. You know, you need very, support. Very much. Very you know. And I call on people like Miss Christian all the time for the mm -hmm. support that I need. You said 15 years. That's multiple um, administrations you cover. Yes, you sir. cover there. Yes, sir. And uh, with each administration, you got a change in leadership. You're dealing with uh, different perspectives. This is just, just a, a reality. I'm not blaming anyone here. Mm -hmm. and, but, and, but you have to adjust. Because it's do a people, I have it's a to people. adjust or do I teach them how it is working? I, I, I kindly beg your pardon. Okay. Um, Talk to me. I, I'm, I'm just talking about uh, with a change in leadership comes a change in perspective. Everybody in the scene, right? Some people, and then there's a change in personnel. So now you now, you now have to deal with. With, with certain directors and commissioners, and that, that's that's what I meant. I didn't mean that you got to change anything because you don't have to. You're a professional. You know what you're doing. And so are they. Uh, yeah, well, in principle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we're all human, though, yes, at the end of the day. Yes, right? Uh, we need to be sensitive to each other's yes, uh, as as, a, as people, as human beings. Mm -hmm. You know, some people look at jobs and titles and believe folks are machines, when in fact that's not the case. Mm -hmm. So So there has to be a level of sensitivity. Yes. That we tend to take for granted, you know, with each other. So, in your agency, your division, the one woman gang that you are, and Saint Croix and Miss Lambotis, uh, and 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 Saint Thomas, and uh, unfortunately, crime is prevalent here in the territory. It's unfortunate, yes, and we, we can't ignore the obvious. So that has to be something that 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 you you have a a higher level of preparation mentally to deal with on a daily basis. It's difficult, and sometimes I. Miss Lambertus and I, we call each other when it gets up to here, mm -hmm. you know, when it gets too much. We do, uh, management does send us off to the States to get training, so we're, we're well trained. Mm -hmm. And um, 
when it gets too much, we know who to we know who to talk to. I don't call each other and, yes. and, 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 and be there for each other because yeah, that's of important. Course, of course. She's professionally trained as a, um, a social worker, mm-hmm. all righty, and I'm professional in, in the law enforcement agent. So we help each other. We complement each other well. Okay, I'm going to get that. It works. But as far as administrations are concerned, we have our own track record. Ms. Lambertus is here 14, 15 years also. Mm-hmm. So we have a track record. So they, they trust with what we do and how we do it. And they don't really, the best they can do is try and help us. Don't get in our way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like that. Terry, who are talking about um, data. Mm-hmm. And um, I was looking at the article here that um, Ms. Christian um was featured in uh, in September of 2020, and it says Suicide Awareness Group launches We Remember uh, campaign, and it, it highlights the three individuals uh, that uh, Ms. Christian spoke about, uh, Wilfred Freddy Perez, Leo Emanuel King, and uh, Lisa uh, Marie Galabir, which was uh, personal with me. But they did mention the numbers here, um, Terry, and... Which is paragraph? Because uh, here I analyze this. We ain't really into speculating. Um, we are into the data set in 44 states, and this is September 2020. Suicide rates have increased significantly from 1999 to 2016. Of those 44 states, 25 saw the rate go up more than 30 percent. And the Centers for Disease Control reported. Many of these numbers were not known to have a mental condition, which is actually the hard part, because uh, if one is documented to have a mental condition, then we know via data and on paper that that particular person uh, needs uh, specific help. But there may be those who are undocumented that... Yeah, and, and uh, that, are really where you have to look at. And that's actually one, one of the biggest issues when you look at um, label avoidance as part of the, the stigma of mental health, where we, we're not even interested in going to, to get the diagnosis. One, because the stigma that comes along with it and, we don't, and what it means to us personally, but also sometimes healthcare just isn't affordable. It isn't accessible. I don't have the time to get there because of work or whatever inconvenience I have to deal with. Um, the other thing that that's, that's really difficult about suicidality is that sometimes there are no warning signs. And sometimes there, there, there hasn't been this long-standing mental health concern. There hasn't been depression that's been ongoing or anxiety that's been ongoing. Sometimes it can be this situational, this, this, this situation that happened and I, I don't have the resources to cope. And this is where my mind goes. My mind goes to ending my life. So it, it's, I think, I think for a long time, just off of like um, the way how media has shown suicidality as like there's all these warning signs and the person may be withdrawn and they may isolate. Sometimes it's, it's just not the case. The Caribbean Volunteer Services Inc. originally uh, enabled through a grant uh, community, community Foundation of Virgin Islands according to this article. Is that factual? Mm. Did you get support from the community foundation? Well, I would say that at some point that's what happened, but mm-hmm. um, it's been a long process. Mm-hmm. Uh, did not just started doing the work, 
you know, because of all the things that I've done. Like I've, I've worked at, you know, in the past with, with Desiree. And so I, I have the connections and the network in the community, saw the need, had been doing the work for a period of time and just kept doing it. And then I never thought I would start a nonprofit. That was one of the, I just said I would never do it. Never say never, because I did. And then one thing led to another, and I ended up getting the 501c3 status because I see the benefit of that. And so it's just been a steady progress. So yes, the Community Foundation um, did uh, provide a grant at one point, and we were grateful for that funding. So CVS noted that incidents of gun and domestic violence and depression among community members are increasing, stressors are mounting, researchers believe chronic exposure to traumatic events causes the kind of severe mental stress that can lead to suicidal behavior. Yes, so we, we see the impacts. I mean, I, you know, sometimes I'm at home and I, in the evening maybe, and hear the, hear the, the gunshot. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, like, okay, which direction did that come from? Was that a neighbor? Was that, you know, further down the way? Don't know. And, um, you know, thinking about traveling and just things that I do on a regular basis, I don't take much for granted at this point. Jack, you there on the, on the front line. Um, you got to go to scenes where we, we got uh, gun violence. Uh, that's something that uh, you consistently reminded us of um, uh, when when we were you know, having committee hearings and wanting to find out uh, areas of support. Um, ex- explain without being as graphic as you can be. Because I know you could be very graphic. Uh, what's it like when you leave a crime scene and you're going home now? You're dealing with personal decompression. Could you mention decompression before? Because you got to process all this. Hopefully, yeah, it, you can't get a good night rest because you're seeing human lives being lost. But then you got to be there in the morning to start all over again. Well. Fortunately, I have my own personal support. My husband, Mr. Arnold Payne, and he's also a EMT firefighter. And we don't talk shop, but when I go and do those type of calls, and he would always come and meet me to work. And we sit, we talk, and break it down. And, you know, just remember that why I'm here. And I would call other people, you know, that has the mental health background that I can um, speak to. And I do have a daughter in the States that has background in mental health. So I do um, speak with her. But I also have in Texas a mental health team because October 16th of 1991, and I don't really talk about this, but I was on the first ambulance that arrived at the Luby's cafeteria shooting. 56 people were shot and 22 of them died. And so I went through a lot of um, counseling And even though when I left, many of them still kept in touch with me. And so when I do feel that I need to debrief and I need to talk, and so what we have to be able to do, especially for our responders, 
our um, police officers is to be able to help them mm -hmm. how they can debrief because if they don't when they get out in the field and they're not able to debrief again the way we approach the way we talk to patients the way we talk to clients when we meet them can be a trigger so it's so important for us to reach out to these first responders and see what we need to do so that just their approach don't escalate the situation but to have a listening ear and somebody to talk to and we can create that network for them so for those of us who are uh who like myself when i read about a, a mass shooting taking place like you had one in buffalo uh, and and then 10 days later you had one in uvalde texas and then you keep reading about it you you had dealt with this thing up close and personal a long long time ago yes but there's something really touching about that for me because my oldest daughter birthday is october 16th and on october 15th of that year my son um was the honor student at eastwood elementary school in texas so i had dinner that night with the principal and so when I got into the Luby's cafeteria to start providing care, the first person I saw with their brain shut out was the principal that I ate dinner with wow. the night before. Guys, this is real. This is serious. And so we got to be able to take care of ourselves mentally, physically, and, you know, emotionally. Mm -hmm. You know, many people that say, oh, Jackie, you'll be talking to yourself coming to work. I don't be talking to myself. I be singing to myself. And every morning that I am on my way to work, when people think I'm out there talking to myself, I'm singing, take my heart, oh Lord, and make it ever true. Take my heart, oh Lord, and make it just like you. And you just gotta find a way to inspire yourself. Mm -hmm. Ms. Webb, you want to say something? Yes, uh, there's a group of people that I rely on when I go to a mass shooting. That you reminded me of that. It's called the Virgin Islands Clergy Peace Coalition. Mm -hmm. And all I'll, we're, we've got a web chat and everything. All I have to do is I need you at such and such a place, and the clergy are there. They're there and they deal with the family or whoever's at the scene. Mm -hmm. and, and they have started something where they come to the police twice a month and pray with them because it is very difficult to keep seeing these things time after time mm -hmm. and, and processing them. So thank you for reminding me about that. That's thank good. you for what you did. See, I, I am not working here this morning. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like you that. Uh, We're going we to head to our final break. When we come back, we're going to talk about um, international survivors of suicide last day. So that, that's coming up. Yes. It's coming up, right? Uh, the 21st. The, the 18th. The 18th this year. but the, this, the, uh, the Actually, date, this Saturday. The date changes from year to year, right? It's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving. The Saturday before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's what it is. Because I saw in this article here um, that uh, in 2020, it was the 21st. Yes. So three years later, it'll be the 18th, right? Mm -hmm. That's see, You need math, right? <laughs> there you right? go. 21, <laughs> right? So, so we're good. We got uh, Tariq McMillan, uh, Laurie Christian, uh, Miss Leslie Webb, and the singer. <laughs> Jackie Greenwich, my, my friend, probably back away and joining us this morning. We're talking about wellness. We're talking about uh, suicide prevention, things that we could do. And and when we come back, I want to talk about people just needing somebody to talk to. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think we diminish how valuable that is, something as simple as that. So we'll be back right after this.
WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Park to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget. Sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy, so take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news designed for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. And we're back here uh, analyze this uh, typically uh, Thursdays, Arch Thursday, uh, but today uh, we're talking about a very serious serious topic which is wellness um and uh communication and uh the realities that we're dealing with uh here uh in uh the version so Tariq, young people um just giving up i got call a speed a speed here you know um you know when we were small it had a show uh even the Waltons, back in the day, that was a Thursday night thing on Channel 10, that was CBS back then. And John Boy was the star for the show, right? And uh, one time uh, he had a problem, and so he goes to his grandfather and grandpa. And I never forget uh, grandpa telling him, you know, John Boy, things have a way of working themselves out, right? Now, <clears throat> the reason why I reference this is uh, in order for you to embrace that belief, there must be a level of patience, mm. right? That one must have to give whatever you're dealing with time to work itself out. Unfortunately for us, right? And uh, Tariq, I want to start with you. Whenever um, something bad happens, there's a, a level of panic that comes into play 
where people feel the need to do something extreme. They're not thinking anymore. They're reacting now, right? Uh, and as a result, you know, we got young people taking their lives. Uh, something that never happened when I was growing up here, you know, here in, in the Virgin Islands. And it's way uh, too prevalent now. Why is it that, that our young people um, lack the patience? I'm going to be very honest here. Um, to, to, to give things a chance, because things are never as good as it is on your best day, and it's never as bad as it is on your worst day. I, I, th- I think it's, it's a lot more nuanced than, than the uh, issue with patience. Um, I, think, I think younger people have experienced a whole lot um, in ways that other generations haven't. Um, but I think the, the interesting, and I've, I've heard this, like there, there is this narrative like, like um, young people having a much more difficult time in managing these emotions. And when like one of the largest groups that, that die by suicide is the older community. Um, the the sixty the sixty up, um, like I think they they might be almost on par with, with rates of suicidality um, amongst people. Um, but when you consider young people going through, I mean, you you could start from if you were just talking about the Virgin Islands, you looking at all the hurricanes and you looking at the pandemic and you're looking at the rising cost of living, you're looking at a generation that may not actually be able to do better than the generation that came before them. They might not, we might not be able to afford buying a house. We might not be able to, um, we might not be able to, to enjoy the same kind of luxuries that other generations have had. Um, you mix that with again, like not having not having the the access to the care that we need, not having access to affordable food, um, and 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 it, you you end up here with where we are. Um, you then you throw social media in there, and like Lori was mentioning, like the, the comparison that that we feel. Um, I think it, it goes so much deeper than just like the, the, the comparison. When when you talk about like the rugged individualism that like we have, like and, and this need to best the next person, when like and, and that's all that you really see, um, yeah, it, it, it turns into to the situation that we're dealing with right now. Laurie, the article um, and the source uh, mentioned those three individuals. Uh, one was fifty-one. One was 49, one was 20, right? Mm-hmm. Tariq just mentioned our elderly population. Yes. Right? But suicide ain't got no group level. When somebody is down and out and that level of hopelessness, mm-hmm. hopelessness. That's that, because that's what suicide mm-hmm. is really about. In other words, you know, um, what sense of it for me to live anymore? That deep, 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 dark place. Yeah. There's know. no there's no light at yeah. the end of the tunnel. Yeah, so you know something? Let me take myself out of my misery. Mm-hmm. Not thinking about the impact of the loved ones. That's what, that's what, that's a, it's a combination of all these things, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's where intervention um, is key. So being, as um, Tariq mentioned, being able to pinpoint some of the um, signs... Um, symptoms. I mean, there are, um, I guess, apparently times when you, you just don't see it. But um, one of the things I 
um, speak to every so often and Tariq, you know, you can um, give me a pull up if I'm heading in the wrong direction. But uh, sometimes you see someone who has been depressed for a long period of time. Maybe not even that long, right? There's just that wet blanket over their head. And there's that day when you see them and they have just suddenly, it looks like brightened up. Mm-hmm. And our first instinct is to be relieved. Like, oh my God, I'm so glad you're happy. You know, that you're feeling better. And the person is like, yes, I am feeling so good. And, um, you know, I just want to thank you for always being here. And I know you've always loved this bracelet that I've worn. And I just, you know, I just want to show my appreciation. And I want you to have this. And so you accept the gift. You leave the person not knowing that that was possibly one of the most critical moments. We missed it. And do you want to, could you speak further to that, Tariq? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think you, you, you hit it spot on. Like, there's the, the relief that comes with finally deciding, like, this is now the end of the my, my turmoil. Um, you know, I think we, we've all talked, and generally the traditional viewpoint has been um, with suicide prevention, it's, you know, access to care and making sure that there's uh, hotlines and, and those things are, are definitely critical. Right, but when we as a society change our perspective and view the things that we've mentioned, like access to healthcare and affordable housing and affordable food and safe and clean water, and um, like, like if you view those things as suicide prevention, you change the entire narrative, right? Because now you're not saying what can we do when this person is in crisis. We're 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 preventive now. We're saying like what can we do to prevent people from feeling the stressors that lead them to this point. Um, I think it, it, it's, it's, it does give a, it's a tough conversation to have amongst like yourself and, and wherever, like if we're talking about like within government, because then if you look at those things and you kind of have to like ask yourself, well, what role do I play in this? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's kind of tough sometimes, but it's necessary. And for where we are in, in, in this point, like, like the tough conversations have to happen. Ms. Webb, um, for somebody who may be listening uh, to this uh, discussion, and if they were to call you and say, you know, Ms. Weber, I was listening to analysis this morning and I, I heard uh, the, the collective sensitivity um, and, and I want to, to help out uh, as it relates to support. Um, what, what, would, what would you ask them from not necessarily a requirement standpoint, but what role they would want to play in supporting you? The, 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 the one the one woman gangs that you and, and Desiree are uh, respectively. I'd like to give my phone number, which is three four zero six four three zero two nine five. When I get resources, I have my little book, <laughs> my little Rolodex, as it may be, and I would um, something like that. I would turn on to Miss Christian <coughs> because she's the professional in that area. I would vet them. Uh, just uh, to see what they are going to offer. And if we could use them in our group of responders, I mm-hmm. would then turn it on to Miss Christian because she knows what she needs in her little toolbox to help the community. Mm-hmm. Um, Madam Singer, take the microphone there. Um, <clears throat> you've worked in emergency response for how long now? Well, um, 30 years here in the Virgin Islands and 12 years in Texas. When, when are you going to look out for yourself? 
well, I look out for myself every day. Because we're talking 40 years plus, and one of the things that you told us on the record back then is we, uh, at the legislative level at the time, don't know how traumatic it'll be for you. Mm-hmm. And there's, only, there's but so much a human person can process and can, and can take, yet you're still doing it. Because I have a love for community. I was raised by a community, and I want to give back to a community. And so I find ways to diffuse, and I love to decorate. And so one of my things is to decorate, to recreate. Every weekend, I clean my house, I turn it around, I make it a new place for me to see something different. Um, fresh. Yeah, something fresh. I go down to the beach, and even my grandkids say, Grandma, who dresses up and go to the beach and then you're dressed in white? I go down to the beach with my beach chair and I just want to lay down and smell the sea breeze and hear the wave roll in and take a relaxation and drink my little lemonade and have a good time. You have to find a way and an out. And, you know, many people hear about Miss Jackie being a tough person, but I've been a fighter even before I was born. So my mom told me that I was born at six months old and they didn't thought that I was gonna make it and I'm here today. And so I realized that in the EMS field that there's not a lot of people out there that have the background, the knowledge and the foresight. So I'm trying to share as much of it as I can before I leave. But I have friends like who's all sitting here and who always come out to assist me. And I'm telling you, I'm not afraid to reach out when I need help. And, and that's, that's the that, good that, thing. That, 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 that's a good thing for you. But that's one of the real problems that we have where uh, the stigma uh, dynamic that you mentioned, stigma avoidance, I think that was a term that you used, where some people don't want people to know that they're struggling. Yeah. Because the 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 they have this thing where if somebody know what my situation be, then they gonna look at me a certain way. When uh, in reality, no, nobody guaranteed tomorrow. So you got to live now. You got to deal with the realities now, and you know, hope for a better tomorrow. Yeah, and and sometimes it's not even just the what other people will think of me. Um, there, there's something that happens when you go to a therapist and the thing that you've been dealing with has now has a term and like so for me uh, it was anxiety right and I think for there's like an interesting I'm, I'm an interesting situation with me because I am also a therapist right so for me it's like how how am I how can I be a good therapist if I'm, if I'm also dealing with anxiety Right, so and so that's for somebody who have the, the, the clinical skill to, to be able to address and have the conversation. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who doesn't, and they then receive this diagnosis or, or they're, they're, it's suggested like, hey, like this sounds like depression. When I've consistently been told that depression or anxiety makes me a weaker person, then there's a viewpoint switch that happens eternally. Right, so it's not just the external what people are gonna think about me, but I don't want to think less of myself. I won't even look. It's the same as like, um, not go into the doctor because I don't want to know what's there, you know? International Survivors of Suicide last day, this Saturday, Ms. Yes, this Saturday, excuse me, the event is something, well, I think, I have to check with the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention, 
but I believe that back way back in the day um, when I was running the hotline for the team line for Lutheran social services I initiated uh, bringing the program to this region and so at that time I linked with the University of the Virgin Islands because we needed to host the event Mm -hmm. our budget was what it was it made sense to uh, link with the psychology club because they were able to get UVI space for free Mm -hmm. and we um, started doing the event when the program ended the the funding for the hotline ended um, UVI picked it up kept it running and then on and off personally I would also host the event so yes this saturday november 18th at gertrude's mm-hmm. we have a meet and greet tomorrow at uh, rouge cafe in downtown christianstead across from the post office and that'll be from 5 30 to 7 so we'll be there we look forward to um meeting everyone and having discussion meet and greet tomorrow or what we're we doing saturday saturday is the actual um survivor of the the lost day and so i have a guest speaker who's uh, will be in today from Houston, Texas. And uh, she's done work with the Department of Health, Sharifa Charles. And it, then I'm also, I have another presenter will be coming over from St. Thomas to share her testimony. And we start at 10 and we'll uh, conclude we're, we're, by we're 1. At, we're at on Saturday. Gertrude's Restaurant. Gertrude's, everything mm-hmm. is uh, focused at Gertrude's tomorrow, yes. tomorrow evening. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, uh, we'll start at Pretty much sharply at 10, 10 15. Mm-hmm. And to, I'm sorry, Saturday, to, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. It's, it's a blur. Yeah. Um, Saturday morning, 10 15. And the actual program will run until, will run about 90 minutes. And then we'll have time to um, gather and talk. Okay, good. And then the meet and greet is tomorrow. Yes. At 5 30 to 7 p.m. Yes. Okay. Friday at Rouge Cafe. At Rouge Cafe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There we go. Thank I want you, to Leslie. thank all four of you, Miss um, Webb, Miss Greenwich Payne, Miss Christian, and Mr. McMillan for joining us, talking about a very delicate but necessary topic and discussion uh, that some take for granted but is real uh, among all of us and impacts all of us as well in a small community that we live in. Thank you very much for what you do for the people of the Virgin House. Thank you. You got it. That's on um, Jackie Greenwich Payne, Leslie Webb. Laurie Christian and Mr. Tariq McMillan joining us this morning here on Lysis. We'll take a break and be back right after this. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX-FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. There are many complex issues that arise in our territory. Comes with the territory with Leslie Comision. Join me, Leslie Comision, for a breakdown of political issues facing our territory, one conversation at a time. I'm here to be the voice you can rely on for information that is straightforward and comprehensive. Tune in to be a part of the discussion. It all comes with the territory. 
Comes with the Territory airs Sundays at 1 p.m. and re-airs at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV Channel 12.